Hi, I'm Tisha. I'm Juanita. And I'm Kim. And we're here with Off the Shelf, a casual talk podcast where we break down the books about spirituality and self-growth that resonate with us. We're working in alignment with BubblesInBooks.com, a monthly subscription box that offers a featured book and also gives you a selection of high-quality handmade bath and body items. So in today's episode, we are talking about Get Over It, Thought Therapy for Healing the Hard Stuff by Iyanla Van Zandt. And so I'll just say real quick that Iyanla is a inspirational an inspirational speaker, lawyer, spiritual teacher, author, life coach. And I was introduced to her through, of course, Oprah. (laughs) And then she was on a show um, that I've watched probably most episodes, um, Iyanla Fix My Life. That's it, right? Yeah. I've seen a few episodes of that as well. Yeah. I had a friend a couple of years ago talk about her incessantly and I didn't make the connection that that's who the same person was so I remember that person like loving um her books and like her Oprah stuff and and all that so I didn't actually know a lot though about what she did and Mm -hmm. when I started this book I was like okay all right I'm open to learning whatever right and I always hear what I'm supposed to hear But then this went so deep that I was, like, shocked at the end. Like, I I was kind of, like, going along, going along, and then I'm like, put the brakes on. What is happening right now? Like, all this stuff is coming up, and, like, how does she know? (laughs) So I love this book, and I love the exercises in it. However, we should state right off the bat, because we were just talking about this, we some of us listen to it on Audible, and it's absolutely worth buying the like the physical copy of it because I missed a lot that I could not write down. There was like the exercises and stuff. So Juanita went and got herself a copy for that reason. <laughs> so I yes, I recommend that too. I would agree because and only because I, I like Audible. I cho- I chose to purchase this book. Um, to have my hands on so that I could actually work my way through the prayers. And the prayers are not like one or two sentences. (laughs) I couldn't even try to write them down. So I didn't even catch on in the beginning either that this was specifically about thought therapy. Like, I didn't know that was the whole actual premise of the book. I thought it was just a part of it. And it was going to talk about thinking and our brain and monkey mind kind of stuff that Mm -hmm. we've been learning as we go anyway. That's why I was so blown away by when I started putting all the pieces together, like what was really happening and what was the point of this. So anybody want to start with that? Start with something? I, sure. I I was so happy to be introduced to her. So I just through her material, reading her book, and appreciated reading it, enjoyed the book, recognized her, kind of recognized the name and had seen that she had had an Oprah show. But one of the things that I I think about it is what an amazing guide that she has created for someone to retrain their brain and retrain their brain through the retraining needing to be done through really little fault of their own or no fault of their own by being in traumatic situations. So she got me so in the heart with Alan's story in the beginning. And she talks Uh. about multi-generational trauma and, and just us absorbing that and feeling that and living in it and how that that affects your thoughts. And the story was so relatable. Like, you know, somebody or had some of that in your own history or was close to it in some way. Like that's how Like, I think that was something I wrote down here about how all groups are suffering now at unprecedented rates and getting stuck in healthy behaviors and cycles that keep us in dysfunction. 
And that was like the first thing I wrote down <laughs> the book. So like chapter one, right out the gate. But you're right about that Ellen story. And that was a long story like that. She went on for a really long time about the like the intricacies of all that. I don't even remember the whole story, but it was basically like Ellen was a product of a single mom and then his mom was a single mom and that, you know, a whole line of and really fear and struggle and and maybe not feeling loved and then the anger and frustration of not having enough or not having enough resources. And I think we can all relate to that. She she wrote a beautiful story about our, Alan's heartbreaking story and how it, it – it, it without it wasn't a fault of any individual it was circumstance and how this circumstance can create our thought patterns um to be more negative and that's how she draws a picture for us of the dominant negative thought patterns that we may have that's that we might think are just totally normal thoughts yeah she she also helped drive home the thought of of and we've heard about epigenetics mm-hmm. you know but how it's just passed down from generation to generation and you can be like born with it it's passed down you know shame or guilt passed down from before you even enter the world from your mother from mm-hmm. her experiences that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> that that blew my mind. I remember exactly where I was when I heard that part about how whatever anxiety and emotions the mom was going through, I guess it was Alan's mom was going through while she was pregnant. Like he took that on w- through no fault of his own. And that blew my mind when you really think about that. I thought about all of us, what we thought about it and like, did we all feel guilt at some point <laughs> in our pregnancy <clears throat> for feeling how we felt? And then we're like, holy cow, what did we do, right? Well, and right. I, I've always thought that. So it rang true in my family. So my mother, when my mother was pregnant for my sister, she, my father had a brain tumor. And they were young. So when pregnant with Kristen, I'm already five. And my parents were 24 and here they're facing this brain tumor and my mother's pregnant. And so he had to go to New York city. We're in upstate New York and luckily took out the, it was behind his ear. And so we're able to just take it out and there were some side effects, but you know, it all was good. But my mother was like seven months pregnant during all that. And my sister came out the crankiest baby and and truly, I remember when I was pregnant, watching the Terry Brazelton show, and he was he had talked about that sometimes, like the nervous system of a baby can come out immature, or you know, just talking about different things that could affect it. And I went, I had this aha moment that you know, think about how stressed my mother was like during that time, and I feel it like pictured my my sister in the womb, just like absorbing all of that stress and fear. Yeah, like all those emotions, but like, of course, stress is bad for you when you're pregnant, but you think about blood pressure or, you know, all that kind of stuff. You don't think about the emotional stuckedness, like in your cells, like, Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we're doing this podcast because (laughs) I've always heard that, right? Like, you know, take it easy when you're pregnant and you know it's not good for you it's not good for the baby but I don't think we realize the depth of how much it affects the baby yeah yeah I was definitely sitting there for a moment thinking oh my gosh how are we surviving right <laughs> and one of the things that I did already know just from other readings I had done is our brain software programming is installed between ages zero and seven. So that child, any child, is sort of absorbing their environment. And if it's stressful, which it can be, and a lot of people are in that situation, if it's stressful during those years 
for financial reasons, emotional reasons, that is going to be part of that default network. And so that dominant negative thinking patterns that she's just, you know, kind of giving a guidebook on how to rewire to have a happier life. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about um, Joe Dispenza uh, with that fire. He says that fire rewire your brain. Mm -hmm. And it even made more sense listening to um, her explain the dominant negative thought patterns. Yes. So when, as we enter talking about like those and the affirmations first for listeners to know what the neurons that fire together, wire together. So it truly is possible. The book has affirmations, prayers, and if one does do that, you are putting those neurons together to fire, to feel differently and, and rewire your brain. Right. I wrote down this part that we that she said we live flabby lives and uh, w- like we're not strengthening our mind muscles the way that we could do it. I thought flabby lives was a very good visual. <laughs> flabby. <laughs> we want to be strong and muscular in our brains. Yeah, I appreciated that. The other thing she talked about in the beginning chapter, too, was about the fight to be right. I had to give that up a long time ago. That that kind of came to me with an energy protection thing. Like, I don't care if I'm wrong. (laughs) I don't care Mm -hmm. if you're right, whatever. Because I was around a lot of people that were so deeply embedded in that fight that I, I realized on my own, like, what a waste of time it is to have to be right all the time. But yet, in my brain, I always think that, Oh, my ego's right. Okay, let me say I used to think that. <laughs> now I now I think about it a little bit harder. But yeah, I used to think that my ego was always right because if I'm thinking it, it must be true. Yeah, our ego is like a well-intentioned friend it's talking in our ear. And well-intentioned because it's meant to protect us, but if but it may be hurting us in some ways. It it's not always the truth. We have to ask, right. sometimes those thoughts are, is it, is it true? Is it true? And no, yeah. it's never true. <laughs> I, I wrote one of the quotes I wrote down. She, she um, did quotes throughout, but I wrote down, there's nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. And that's from um, Shakespeare, Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She did start the chapters out with that. Well, and I had written down that she said, when we're not aware of our thinking, we're likely to repeat the dominant negative thought patterns such as you're so stupid, you never do anything right, you can't do that. Those negative beliefs, that voice in our head telling us that. So you could see where that could trap someone in a really horrible situation if they're listening to the, that those egoic thoughts that are just looking at the past and trying to protect us, but it's not a way to break out of any of it. Right. Right. I, I'm trying to, re- so again, and for me, I wasn't getting the concept of this book until later in the game so like now my notes don't even make sense to me <laughs> like I i'm see. reading through i'm like yes i don't know what that meant and all that stuff but i was i was laughing because there were a lot of like good points that she was making that made me go okay yeah you got me like she was she just casually said you know all those self-help books on your shelf that you never finished and i'm like well at least i have one up on this because at least we're reading and talking about it to to prove like yeah we finally finished a couple of them right it puts a little pressure on when you're going to do a podcast about it (laughs) we don't leave it on the Mm -hmm. shelf this is off the shelf (laughs) that's exactly that's exactly right. But maybe we should talk about what a dominant, let's um, name, I'm just trying to scoot to to a place in the book where we could name off some of the dominant negative thought patterns, just so listeners can get a feel if they haven't read the book yet. 
Yep. And oh, she calls okay. them, yeah, she calls them DNTPs, dominant negative thought patterns. What she called it was subconscious mind cloud storage. <laughs> like, like you're, I, and I love the file clerk story. So we cannot not remember to talk about that. Miss Claudie. Yes, my favorite, <laughs> favorite part of the book. So, because that was like amazing. But go ahead. Do you have some of the examples? I do. You, get, you talked long enough to give me time to get to the okay, right you place. Found it. Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> so I'm going to just list, the, these are terms we know. Okay. But I'm going to, I'm going to list all 42. It won't take long because they're just one word each or two words, but abandonment, anger, rage, Anxiety, worry, and fear, betrayal, bitterness, blame, criticism, defensiveness, disappointment, discouragement, distrust, failure, frustration, fear, grief, guilt, hatred, heartache and heartbreak, helplessness and hopelessness hostility, humility. Now I'm only to the H's, right? We know all these words and we, (laughs) so I'm only at like 19 at the moment. So just to, to, we know these feelings and they're all part of a normal life, but we can get stuck in too many of these as our basic dominant thought patterns, as she calls them, dominant thought patterns, like going there first and how they would cloud any brightness, any hope, any feeling that you could move something better in life. If if it's the dominant negative thought pattern comes out and it's about distrust and doubt, how is that going to color? It's like a lens that colors everything, even good things. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not going to finish? Yeah. Do you want me to go on <laughs> or was that taking too long? Yes. No. Okay. Um, host- okay. So humiliation was 19. Hurt and woundedness, inadequacy and incompleteness, indecisiveness, insecurity and self-consciousness, jealousy, joylessness, depression, loneliness and longing, lost, low self-esteem or inferiority, which is another good term for that, numbness and disconnectedness, overwhelm, powerlessness, pride, regret, rejection, resentment, sadness and sorrow, self-abuse, shame, stubbornness, unappreciated and unimportant, unsupported, unworthiness or worthlessness. So that's a sad list of 42 things that are pretty normal for a lot of the population to be thinking, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, But I think that the good thing is that she offers a plan to address each and every one of these if you would want to. And she said it could take, you know, a day or two or three or four, a few weeks you know, so you can, um, you can use, I think it's five steps. I've been, uh, working on them myself and I think it's working. I just have to be a little bit better about, um, sticking with the schedule. You know, she talks about how you have to do the work, it's not, not, nothing's going to change. Um, unfortunately, we like to think of shortcuts, but we have yeah. to do the work. So I didn't realize I was on mute. Sorry. She said consistently making the choice to do something isn't easy. So for as easy as her process really is, like I have to get over myself mm-hmm. to sit and do that. Um, that's why I'm going to get a copy of the affirmations and, and do the paper, you know, and all that, because the stuff I'm already doing is making such a difference that, but to have it like right here and written, like, couldn't be any easier for me. So Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated. Well, she takes each one of these that I just read too, and it's only a couple page chapter 
basically you in the book, you have a couple pages for each one of those that involves describing what it is with a little bit more words. In other words, now she's going to summarize it. And I was going to say, I I love how he says, in other words. In other words. (laughs) She's describing it it to you. And then the internal dialogue. So, for instance, just to give a sample here for anger and rage, which is the second one she talks about, because she does them alphabetical. So, anger and rage is after abandonment. So, Intense emotional state caused by displeasure, unhappiness, or indignation. Strong feelings of annoyance or hostility. Fury, wrath, physical or verbal manifestation of extreme anger. She has a couple more, but it's just like, okay, in case you didn't get it from just the description of anger and rage, she gives you a few more words. So you you picture that feeling, you resonate with it, you can understand it. Then the in other words is like a summary where she talks about it. But again, it's only a paragraph. Yeah. So it's doable, digestible. And then she follows that description of what anger and rage and how it might look for you in one paragraph. And then the internal dialogue might turn into, I hate him or them or this or her. Uh, I, I want to hurt them. I don't deserve this. Why is this happening to me? Why did this happen to me? I'm not going to take this lying down. So those are the thoughts that we would have coming through our mind if we have anger and rage. Right. Now, after she goes through all of those so that we all get it and we get what those thoughts are that we're having when we have feel these emotions, then we have the affirmations for each one of them. Yes, there's affirmations for all 42 and and a prayer and a prayer. And she said, and one of the things I jotted down that she writes about the affirmations is what you declare and what you don't want will come and challenge you, uh, people's situations, challenging circumstances. So you must challenge yourself with those affirmations. So if you want a bright life, it's courageously look at those thoughts, look at those feelings, recognize that you may have them, but then you want to make sure that you do use the affirmations in the prayer. That's the rewiring part because you don't always have to feel those and feel helpless because you feel those. Yeah. And she recommends five times a day. And of course I'm like five times, like five whole times (laughs) I have to think a thought like what? And wow. You know, she even says, put it on your phone, set your calendar, like set your clock to go off and get in the habit of doing this. Because people like me are, <laughs> I'll get into it and then I'll forget. I'll mm-hmm. put it to the side or think, oh, I'll do that later or whatever. And then you don't do it. So it was a, it was sort of a lesson in humility for me in that I'm thinking this is so much valuable information that she's just giving all in the same place. You know, I think I could follow this. I just need to get the affirmations in prayer before I can. And if you think about those affirmations, they're the antidote to the rumination. Mm -hmm. Because our brain is thinking lots of thoughts, thousands of thoughts, tens of thousands of thoughts. But what it is, is going to stick to that negative and how you've Mm -hmm. been done wrong or what's not working in your life. The affirmations you know, up to five times a day or more will at least put your thoughts on your empowerment. Right. And here's some, I'm so glad you came back to this because this is something I wanted to read. She said, so we have thousands of thoughts every day and some of them we don't even know we're having. And whenever that's happening, the brain is working to find an associated feeling. So we, we often feel like we're, we've been through this before, we're stuck. Even though it's a completely different situation, it, the brain's associating like a past feeling. And then she said that the more negative the experience, the more thoughts the brain produces. And I always think about your the um, Teflon theory. Um, I forget who it is, Kim, that comes up with that. But that's exactly what Rich that Hansen. is. So it's because we're having more. Right. Our brain is te- uh, Velcro for bad, 
and Teflon for good. Good just slips right off because our brains stick to Velcro (laughs) because it's a problem your brain thinks it needs to solve. But if you think about it, so much rumination is just what went wrong, what's not right in my life, all the ways I've been hurt. And that kind of keeps us stuck in our in our lives. Right. Especially since if it's something that has happened in the past, um, there's nothing we can do about it. Right. Right. But our brain is like, oh, mm-hmm. it's happened yeah, here. before. Yep. It's all downhill from here. Right. <laughs> and we can get that. really stuck yeah. too. So from a coaching perspective, I've got to like reiterate this point. Then we're really living that experience because that's how our thoughts can get us really stuck and not able to break out and have a different life. Because if that's going unchecked in our minds and that's the only worldview, then it is a dark life and we don't feel like we can do anything and we don't feel like we have any empowerment and any positivity in our lives. So, so do, even if reading the affirmation seems like, I don't know, like a different language at first or just so ridiculously positive, you know, fake it till you make it. Sincerely. I I like this other zinger. I don't want to miss she said that we don't ever ask ourselves, why does all this good stuff keep happening to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we just process the good stuff so fast and we move on. And I was of the belief that affirmations were too woo-woo for me. I was too good for a, for a daily affirmation. And then a couple weeks ago, I had no other options I felt of like something's got to change something has to turn around let's try affirmations so that's what I would do before I would fall asleep and within like a day I felt so much of a shift happening for me that now I just do them all the time you felt it (laughs) I'm like saying them out loud I'm like yeah there is like not a bit of woo about it um, just because the results happen so noticeably. So and the so reason fast. why she says is one of the things I jotted down too. All thoughts are creative. When I think positively, I create powerfully. I affirm my good and I see it come to life. So our brain is so powerful. It sees evidence of what we believe. And that's what she's think she's saying. Our thoughts are so powerful and they create and they create a reality. So she's trying to give you the affirmations as positive to counter the negative thoughts because as you think and believe, you your brain sees more evidence of that. So it would happen in either direction. Right. Yeah, works. So... So is the awareness, acknowledgement, acceptance, action, basically just the description of her thought therapy? Like, I have it written in several places. That's just basically the concept of it, right? It was like the four Oh, was that the uh, get over it tools? Yeah, like, I think that was just like the point, the bullet points of what thought therapy you know, entailed awareness, acknowledgement, acceptance, And that that's action. kind of in each affirmation? Well, th- I think in theory, you have to be aware mm-hmm. of which number of the DNTP mm-hmm. you are, where you are right now. You acknowledge that this is what's happening. Like, this is something t- you need to heal or deal with or clear out of your brain's filing system. Then you have to accept that this is what's going on. And that doesn't mean you agree with anything that's happening. It just means you accept it and that you're ready to move on. And then that's when you take the action of doing your, um, you know, your prayer affirmation, all the other stuff that she mentioned. Yes, she does. She does talk about the four A's before she even gets to the DNTPs. So um, it says here, awareness 
Putting the four A's into practice, awareness, acknowledgement, acceptance, and action. The four A's are the four spiritual building blocks that, when used appropriately, can help move us through the upsets, challenges, and detours created by how and what we think. They can help counterbalance and neutralize the unconscious, habitual demands of the ego that feed on dominant negative thought patterns. And that's right where she... um, introduces the DNTPs and connects them with the four A's. And if I could just say one funny thing, embarrassing to myself real quick. Please. So she's saying DNTPs and four A's. And then we get a little bit further in the book and she's like, the GOI process. And I'm like, did I miss <laughs> um, rewind it? Like, what is, what's this GOI? I know, I, uh, okay, I've, I, I'm with the four A's. I'm with the DNTP. Like, what's the G? It's the title yes, of the book. Yes, I did the same thing, Juanita. <laughs> I did the same thing. I'm like, G-O-I, like, what did oh I miss? My God. And then it, it took a yeah. minute or two or three. <laughs> well, that's why I just brought it up because I, I literally have the four A's listed like four different times throughout my notes. But again, when she was telling like the stories and stuff, I, w- I was so involved in the stories that I then I would forget to take notes. Like, do you remember the, was it Christy and Bruce relationship story? That's yes. kind of where that happened, where it, it's like such a relatable story. You've mm-hmm. seen it a million times in a movie or TV or in your life or whatever. And so she tells this whole story and you're like, Okay, so how do you how are you fixing them, right? Like, and I forget <laughs> to pay attention to like taking the note part. So I started getting lost on myself um, because because of the way she was telling stories that were so just normal people stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got really excited. I was the same, like listening, and she's introducing how we file. You know how we have to. She introduced Miss Claudia as like this this librarian in your brain that has to, you know, learn how to categorize and file all of your thoughts and get quick access for you. Am I explaining that right? Perfectly. Yeah, she was exactly right. And then like clearing out the folders and stuff like that really made a lot of sense to me because it was such an easy visual to, to, I see this little grandma lady like shuffling over file to file, like, (laughs) Oh, this emotional baggage file is this big. I can't even lift it. You know, and then, but it makes sense because when you go through the process, you're literally just deleting those files from your brain, from your cloud storage. So you're not carrying all that stuff around. You know, it's like brain house. Yeah. And then right? it's not the lens with which you look through everything at or look the lenses do you look through at everything. And so, yeah, cleaning out some of those files, they're not moving you forward in life. But like you said, Juanita, but it happened. I mean, you, no one created a machine. We can go back and redo things, um, un, un, undo the past. You can't. And you were a child, too, for a bit. We all were at a part of our life when we were, Miss mm-hmm. Claudia was in our brains filing things yeah 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 and she told her own story that she was like facing her third eviction and you know desperate to not get thrown out on the street i think she had kids at the time Mm -hmm. like little kids and then she went through her process about like confessing her role in this situation about negligence and resistance to change and, you know, she started praying and she woke up with this thought, like, I, I forget, she went to the housing office or something in her town mm-hmm. and she meets immediately meets this clerk who was like, oh, well, have you filed this papers for this assistance and this help and this whatever that she didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. So, like, she got an answer to that prayer to where all of her worries, like, went away so that she could focus on you know, being, moving forward. I think she said like she was able to stay there for like two more years and then everything kind of went up from there. So Mm -hmm. she learned this through her own experiences, through her own knowledge. Like she didn't just go study for a PhD in something and then 
figured right. she'd no, write some the, stuff down. The, the hard, school of Hard Knocks, she also realized that that was, she was irresponsible with even the money she had. And so she took some, some responsibility for that. But then the prayer did help. There was a resource. There was someone to help her, a pointer in the mm-hmm. right direction, and it was useful help. And it was part of her getting more stable in her apartment with her children. Yeah. And that's like a universe thing where she didn't know how the help was coming. She just had to believe that it was coming. And then, like, that next day, all like her people lined up for her to tell her about things she didn't know. I mean, she still had to do the work. It it wasn't a miracle that just, you know, she went outside and it was raining money. She mm-hmm. had to do the work. She had to go file the papers. She had to do this. But that was, you know, how the universe brought that clerk into her life right exactly when she needed that so that she wasn't living on the street with her kids or not able to eat, you know. Yeah, and it made all those connections, like I, I'm paraphrasing on a Bible verse, but I think it goes something like faith without works is dead. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, and then she says you have to do the work. So yes, she prayed, but then she took steps t- towards, she didn't know where it was going to lead, but she knew she had to do something. Yeah. Oh, my next notes are basically the rest of the process like we talked about the the um you know picking your whatever your hang up your blockage mm-hmm. your your emotion and then um following through with the prayer and the affirmation five five times a day she said every hour so i mean i guess it's really how you make it how hard do you want to work right well i think that um, I, I don't know if I'm making this up, but I feel like she said the th- prayer in the morning and before you go to bed and the affirmation all throughout the day. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's so there's the thought therapy prayer, the thought therapy affirmation, the conscious breath, breath work, the thymus thump. And that this that was new to me. And the thought therapy eye movement. And if you work these steps, you can turn your DNTPs to PTPs, positive thought patterns. <laughs> she used <laughs> G-O-I. She used right. as many acronyms as they use in healthcare, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was very her, though. Like, I started... I mean, you were telling your story earlier, and I, I didn't even think about it. Just sort of kind of floated through my mind that f- the first couple of times she even says DNTP because I was listening, I, I forgot what that meant. So I was hoping she would talk about it again. So I could, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was right. Um, Did you guys? So I had it on audio, and it was easy for me to follow along with what she was talking about, like bre- breath work. Like I did every example as she was saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and, I, I'm sorry, but I was just going to say that I, you know, we've all been using Audible. So I listened through on Audible. And when I went to, I, I like, I, I need to do this process. And I went to write out the prayer and I'm stopping every second to scribble out the next <laughs> sentence. I'm yeah. like, no. You know what? <laughs> I'm I not the doing universal, this. <laughs> I did the universal clearing prayer. I wrote the whole thing. So I was like <laughs> dictating it like five words, stop, five words, stop. And then I right. accidentally went back a few minutes. Yeah. So again, get yes. the hard copy if you're interested in following through. <laughs> And it's not online. Like, I tried to find the list online and stuff. So, I mean, I totally respect an author doing what they're doing. But just a heads up if you plan to read it. Yeah, it's a working Mm. book. Uh, She did. So you want the the book because you're going to be able to open it up and use it over and over and over again in different different points, different passages, different affirmations and prayers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's very, very easy stuff. Like, it's not anything like putting your leg over your head and running around the yard under a full moon or anything like it's you can totally do it speaking of that to back up to the thymus thump in the eye movements and the conscious breath Mm -hmm. these are three physical like embodied you know turning to something physical to help something emotional 
So these are different Mm -hmm. therapies um, that many practitioners do to assist us when it's just beyond thought to do something physical to be releasing. Yes. And uh, the thymus thump is actually the, um, oh my God, my brain just stopped working. The what is it? EFT energy, uh, emotional Dina and I freedom talked about technique. It on slightly unmeditated emotional freedom technique. Yes. So Dina and I talked about that. She was a practitioner. She still is a practitioner of that, which was new to me. And then she made me do like the exercise on, on the show. And I, I went into it like, Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, like, whoa, whoa. but at the end of the day, I ended up, it was a little different than the thymus thump, which I've already done like every single day since I've read about it. Um, but it was a little different where I was on a plane and she just told me like to tap my wrist. And it was a very strange thing because while I was tapping, I couldn't think thoughts. Like my brain went immediately to my wrist where I was tapping it out, you know? And I I remember being so curious about that at the time that I forgot like to be worried about being on a plane. Mm -hmm. So it did work for me then. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see, this is a little new to me, but I'm curious to see how it works. Um, It's supposed to regulate your energy throughout your body. So God knows I need that. (laughs) I've been, I've been doing this like for days now. Well, she does warn that once you start and commit yourself to this work, that the opposite is going to come at you like the whatever you're trying to work away against or through challenges are going to come at you but the key is to be consistent and and to keep moving through it it's not it it took a while for you to get to that dominant uh negative thought pattern so it's going to take some time to get out of it some may take longer than others if it's been you know something you've carried before birth, right. <laughs> you know, right, Very true, right. So I'm I I started with anxiety, um, and I feel that I probably should spend at least a few weeks on it because I've dealt with that issue since I was a a, a little girl. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I also like the the one I was just talking about the universal clearing prayer. It was pretty long, um, but I really liked it. And then at the end, she gave you options to replace a lot of joy and peace was used throughout the whole prayer. But then mm-hmm. she was like, You're, you can use that with any words. Like, mm-hmm. you know, ask for clarity, ask for, you know, understanding, all, you know, all this really cool things that I don't know why I don't think about on my own. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I just follow the rule. And, and Well, it's the it. brain's negativity bias. So... It is a reminder. She's giving a technique to get people to the fact that life is more good than bad. And I know that situations vary, and I don't mean to be insensitive to that, is that we we are creating some of our own experience, a lot of our own experience. And so giving ourselves permission to think about these good things. She even said that. What did she say? She said, every experience is a function of how we think. So even based on the law of attraction, like that naturally, my belief of that, right? Put out what you want out there Mm -hmm. and you'll get back what you're putting there. So that has a really big impact on me in, I mean, I used to try and think positive. So good, positive things would happen. But like when you really get deeper into this kind of thing and realize like like I said earlier about how you know something happens and your brain immediately is like trying to cycle through and find that feeling and then you start feeling weird and you don't know why and it's just all like made up stuff Mm -hmm. that poor Claudia the file clerk is like I don't know what's happening yeah (laughs) she's working (laughs) up there it's funny my so my mother's name is Claudia and uh, so I just thought of her as a as a good example. So my mom's a really positive person. And after my sister passed away um, from an eleven month battle with cancer, I wrote a book called Vacuum, like no one's watching, and other lessons from my mother. And she's zany and funny. And but of course, I also dealt with our losses 
And um, she had to read it. I had to have her read it before I could publish it, right? She's got to approve of this. She's the main character. <laughs> so I'm a little on pins and needles. She reads it. She spends like three hours just reading through it. And and then she called me because she was driving to Connecticut to where my brother and my widowed brother-in-law and nephew, right? And I go, okay, what'd you think? And she said, I guess I've had a really good life. And I thought, Aww. she's reading. Now, I wrote it as a positive book, but she's reading about teenage pregnancy, divorce, losing a grandson, losing a daughter. But overall, the big picture was she has had a good life. You know, she just had some real hardship. But overall, that is what she focuses on, the good stuff. Yeah. While honoring absolutely. the toughness. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So, so oh, many people could that. look at that same information, say it was about them, and have a different story. You know, two people could be stuck in traffic and have a different story. Somebody's telling you how they met somebody because they were all stopped in traffic and people got out of their cars and oh, I met this friend and we were talking, we had this in common. And then someone else is like just fuming and frustrated and angry and road raging somebody else. Two people, same situation. Yeah. And the thing is, is when you get a taste of that, um, removing the negative part out of you know all of the negative negativity out and you do the affirmations and you do have that positive mindset like you I can't imagine going backwards I mean and I was always a positive person you know a silver lining person but I still would get frustrated or like judgmental about a lot of things that I don't even think about anymore and if I do think about them, I'm, I have now, at least I have the tools to like make them go away. Mm -hmm. I, and I can't imagine like anybody coming out on the other side and ever wanting to go back. Like I, I just. You I just so reminded me something I wanted to make sure that I said that because I jotted down her quote and it's from, I even jotted down the page. It's from page 299. Feeling bad can feel so familiar that it feels good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if we are in a lot of negative and with our brain's own negativity bias, it can feel so familiar, more, way more familiar to be in the bad and feeling bad and feel like that is reality and that is life and that is just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. My stomach just dropped a little because I've been having these conversations with myself about a lot of this stuff. And uh, like that, I physically felt what you just said. So that was pretty cool. I, <laughs> I have to bring this up too. at the end of the book, or at least towards the end of the book. I don't know exactly. I didn't write the chapter, but I was wondering, especially Kim, if you were thinking about me for the um, Mickey's dressmaker story, about how this lady was like, she made this wedding dress for a friend, like for someone they knew or whatever. And she only charged like $150 for it. And then when, when they actually saw the dress, it should have been like $2,500. And the lady's like, Oh, I just do this. Yeah. Stuff, right. <laughs> I'm like, all right, universe. Very funny. <laughs> like you could have just wrote my name in there. You just and done do with this. It because that was. <laughs> Yeah, but like it was a longer story, you know, and I so was like, okay, this is my story. This is the story I need to hear that I just dismiss everything because I just do stuff, right? And in that part, she actually mentioned something that I never thought about before about she told this lady to keep a negative mm -hmm. thought journal. It's very good advice. And I, I never considered that before. You will catch patterns. You will catch patterns, even even someone who thinks they don't have any negative thought patterns has negative thought patterns. So once you start to observe them and jot them down, you'll notice and notice what brings them up, what are the triggers, and you can track it and then start rewiring that. 
Okay, so I have a question. If someone thinks that they don't even, if someone doesn't even know they have negative thought patterns, how do they know what to write down? The stuff that upsets them. <laughs> because what <laughs> okay. ha- I, you, you bring up a tremendously good point is that people think it's just fact, not a negative thought pattern. Right. It's just, I'm thinking facts. So I would say if you're not able to identify it, Think about what you were thinking when you feel bad. And remember, she says, feeling bad can feel so familiar. So it might be that you always feel bad. Think about what you're thinking and write some of those statements down. Right. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't no, being sarcastic. You are right. I like, legitimately you, was like, how do I even and start And you are this? legitimately right to bring up that point is that In the beginning, we don't even think they're negative thoughts. What we think they are is fact. Right. Hmm. No, I've been yelling fiction (laughs) for like weeks at myself now. I just did it this morning. I was laughing afterwards because I just impulsively yelled it so loudly that I startled my dog. I love that. (laughs) And... Yeah, but but it's cool because then it makes me laugh right away. So like I already like, you know, raise my vibration up immediately after that negativity because I'm laughing. Yes, and at you called the ego out right away. That's what you're doing. You're kind of laughing yeah, at right. the ego. You're saying fiction, you're having these thoughts. They're not necessarily true, but they're kind of, you know, creating this negative story or maybe what if, negative what ifs, and you go fiction because it hasn't happened yet. So you called the ego out on its narration of something in a negative light. Yep. I And I am actually having fun, like, taking down this bully ever since. <laughs> nice way to look at your ego I as start, a bully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ever, well, ever since we started, the, like, with the very first book and, you know, all of that, you are not your thoughts stuff. That... I didn't take that stuff lightly. And so, of course, every new lesson that I'm learning has something to do with that. And then here comes along this book where I'm like, I even wrote a blog about in my blog because I'm like, this is what I'm thinking. And now I start reading this book and it's all about this kind of, you know, ego thought problem that we have, that we all have. It's like super universal. Mm-hmm. But like, nobody else is really talking about it. like it's not common knowledge like we've been having to talk about this for months to, to get through and all now these you realize when we're doing these books you're like every one of these authors is talking about this it's that core yep right when Same people thing. ask me mm-hmm. you know not that people ask me but I, I say this if you said you have 10 minutes. Just tell me what the best thing is or be as succinct as possible. What's my foundational coaching teaching is to see your thoughts and not be your thoughts because your thoughts aren't always true. Yeah, It's it's the ego and the being. You are two selves. Your ego is not all of you. Those thoughts are not all of you. You're, and, and to give yourself the ability to challenge those thoughts. That's it. That yeah. is the core. In a, in a great way. Like, it's so fun. Name your your ego. ego. Give your ego a name, a nickname. Yeah. And then just, I mean, don't go overboard and then fall all angry and everything, you know, undoing your work. But yeah, that's a thing. And that's been the, I think, like you said, it's like a cornerstone of everything. And it really, it really has been for me. And again, didn't I know it's thought therapy, and but I did not go into this book thinking that's how I was going to leave this book. So I was blown away as she progressed through all that. Once I got all the acronyms figured right. out. Right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, even the title, I wanted to say about the title, and I believe she mentions it somewhere um, in the book. I said the title in my head like, Get over it. Get over it. But right. it's really like positive. Like this is how you can get over it. Yeah, like, it sounds different. Like it sounded different yes. after she acknowledged. Like even the phrase "get over it" could be taken so negatively if you're just in the negative um, frame of mind. 
So there you go, Juanita. When your brain starts telling you, when your ego starts telling you lies, then just be like, G-O-I. And (laughs) you have like a secret code word. Right. Right. Because you're really telling your ego to get over it, not like you. It's not Juanita that needs to get over it. Juanita's being is good and moving forward. It's like this, this piece of you, this piece of you that's like maybe, you know, I don't know. Are things okay or not okay? You know, like kind of being a little bit darker, mm-hmm. a little bit more negative. And so, but I I love that you just said that. There are even two ways to take the title, like get over it, like you're not important or come on, quit being a baby versus you right. can get over it. And you didn't even know that. Yes. I want to show you the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, wow, that's crazy that she pointed that out because that's kind of, how I was taking the title in my head, even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little angry. Yeah, we'll it's see. A aggressive, like, like, right? come on, get it together. Come on, let's get over it. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Get it together. Like, that. that is exactly right. And that's why I said I was so confused. Like, at the beginning of the book, I was like, okay, stories, like, that's relatable. I was actually thinking, like, this is a really great way to do a book and get stuff across by telling, like, the story so you could see, like, all the little details and how it Mm -hmm. goes off into crazy land. And then once I was like, oh, well, wait a second. But the other thing I always have to do, too, is, like, when I yell at my ego or shut it up or whatever it is I'm doing. Like I literally every time I also have to think like this shit is backed by science. Like I I start to think I'm in surreal land, right? Like, Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Like again, the ego coming in, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. then I think about all of the different people I've heard talk about this. And we repeatedly talk about it on find your center too. Like, so I'm with this every week at least, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's what makes it a little bit easier for me because I at least get a refresher course <laughs> once yeah. or twice a week. If I were not doing this every week, I think it would be a little bit harder for me. So uh, there's a great reason for community and finding people to get over it with, right? Mm-hmm. Like hold, holding each other accountable when they start to kind of go off the deep end. You could be like, well, GOI. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, you know, I randomly text you guys like, oh, my goodness, look at this. What happened? (laughs) Oh, I'm suffering today. Well, I'm so anxious. I don't know what to do. Like, (laughs) it is the best thing. Now, being honest, like, did you ever do that before in your life? I hit it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of suffered in silence. Yeah. Right. So I had the same kind of thing going on. Even when I started the show, I I would just talk, but I wouldn't really say a lot. (laughs) And then something like the vulnerability switch flipped. And then now I can't imagine not doing this. Right. So mm-hmm. good for you. Good for me. Thank God we have a life coach on call. Because- <laughs> hey, and I'm walking the walk too. Right. You know, He's not awesome. just talking the talk because even, you know, as a coach, we're people too. So we're living the same messy human experience and it comes up all the time. We have real coaching. You know, I have real scenarios that I have to do these exercises with for me as well. I mean, yeah, well, that's the other thing that I always think about, too. I I always like, <laughs> this is so dumb, but I just had this visual. When I'm around other people who aren't, like, super centered about things, like, I feel like I'm the professor of thoughts, you know, <laughs> and I'm, like, kind of in my mind, like, well, they're acting this way because they're, they don't know that it's their ego telling them to do, you know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. it brings out some compassion and, like, understanding. Mm. It takes the edge off my irritation about people. And the more I'm going into the situations, I find, like, I'm just kind of doing that naturally. So, mm-hmm. the more practice on myself, it's become easier to tolerate others who are not yeah. yet aware that's of a, their ego a beautiful ego thing strangle. people get to it in their own time and pace and that's why it's helpful on the other side yeah. you're connecting with like-minded individuals like us who want to read this book and and then discuss it and then share that discussion with others absolutely 
<laughs> all right. So thumbs up. We should have had a rating system. Although all of our books. Are <laughs> oh like five yeah, stars. I'd have a hard time. I can't with these books giving you anything below the five stars. <laughs> five shelves. We have. We've got. Uh, we've got. Get over it. It's five shelves. <laughs> all right. So if we're good, I think we're good. Yep. I'm feeling yep. good. Highly recommend this book. All right. All right. Well, let's get it over. I mean, get over it. All right. <laughs> that, that brings us to the conclusion of our episode. And we appreciate you listening. If you have any questions about our interpretation of this book, reach out to us on slightlyunmeditated.com, on our social media, or by emailing us at goodvibes at slightlyunmeditated.com. <sighs> and I guess I'll say bye from Tisha. Bye, <laughs> bye from, bye from him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next month.